Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us today on this podcast. Today I want to start out by asking you a question. In an assisted living, how many residents should one caregiver be expected to take care of on their shift? We're covering this topic today because it will arm our listeners with behind-the-scene information and strengthen your understanding of which assisted living will be able to care properly for the residents and which may not. If this is your first time joining us, we're grateful for you tuning in today. This podcast is focused on providing you practical information to help you make good decisions concerning senior care. For those who have joined us before, welcome back, and we appreciate your support. My name is Steve Chapek. I'm the owner and chief advisor of Senior Care Advisor Group. I've worked in senior care for over 15 years, and I'm pleased to bring you this podcast Without further ado, let's jump into today's podcast. Today, I will be discussing three components that should determine the correct caregiver to resident ratio in assisted livings so that you can determine if assisted living will have enough caregivers to give good care and service to your loved one. This is not an all-inclusive list but these are the most impactful areas that can determine this. Now, when you're touring communities and interested in looking around concerning assisted livings and pondering if it would be a good place for your loved one, this should be one of the most important factors is understanding how the care will go based on how many caregivers are gonna be there to assist the residents in the building. Most of the time, when someone goes through the building, they're going to ask a question of the marketing person or someone there, something like, how many residents do your caregivers take care of? They're trying to determine that caregiver ratio. Now, before we go too far, I'm curious what y'all were thinking about that question I asked earlier. What did you think was the correct amount of residents that one caregiver should take care of? Was it six residents to one caregiver or 10 residents or 12 or 15? And you know, that's really not a fair question of me to ask, to be honest with you. And the reason it's not is because there's three components. There's three areas. These are the primary areas that will affect the ratio of residents to caregivers. So... I want to dive into that today with you, but of course, when you're entering a community, or even if your loved one already lives in a community, you should be looking around at the the current residents. Um, I'm sure you're talking to them or seeing them if you're just going through the building for the first time. And are there a lot of folks that have high care needs? Now, I don't want you to get fooled. There are folks that are truly still appropriate for assisted living that are utilizing wheelchairs, but you can tell that they're maneuvering that wheelchair on their own. They're getting around uh, the building um, in that wheelchair on their own. No one's pushing them everywhere and things like that. Quite often, for someone that's extremely unsteady on their feet, when they're trying to use a walker instead of converting into using that wheelchair, they're putting themselves at higher risk of falling. So don't get focused on just that there are wheelchairs there. Try to determine if you're seeing them 
needing a lot of help in the wheelchair, that they can't do the things uh, that they should be able to. So that's just one little hint, a little bonus to start out with. <clears throat> in regards to the three areas that you want to understand to determine the correct ratio is what are the care needs of the residents? Again, we've already started to talk about that, but let's go deeper. As a resident begins to have more care needs, what happens? Ask that question directly of either the director of nursing or the administrator, or sometimes they call them executive director. Ask them, as a resident begins to have more needs, what happens? If they look at you like they don't even understand the question, I would be a little nervous. Um, what you're looking for is you can even go further and say, what I mean is if they start to have a lot of care needs, do they have to move out? That should trigger them to be able to answer your question and tell you if, uh, if they're going to say something like, oh no, they can stay here all the way through the process. Well, that's good to know. And we're going to go a little deeper into that then. So what happens then if they're allowed to stay all the way through the process? How do they determine if they need more, more help or not? If the residents' care needs are getting greater, do they just keep the same number of staff? Or what, what changes? Again, if there's no... Uh, statement of how they coordinate a change there should be some concern so they should if they're telling you that they have uh, more care needs or that you're explaining they have more care needs and they're asking that your guys are asking that question they should say something like well we may have to charge the resident more for their new need uh, new care need but that that charge is to ensure they get the care they need. So let me decipher that for you. What that should mean is that as the residents start to have more needs and they're being charged more due to that new need, technically the building should be able to at some point bring on another set of hands, another caregiver onto that shift to now help uh, spread out those care needs even more <clears throat> so that since those residents are needing more care, now we've got another caregiver that joins the, joined the mix and it cuts down on having one caregiver have too many uh, residents. So that's what you should be hearing. And if you don't, if they just say, oh no, we keep it the same or, you know, no, that's already factored in that would be concerning to me because really then you're looking at no matter what care needs there are it's the same number of people and that doesn't make sense when needs are increased there needs to be more hands to help so but they might also say well actually we do assist the person on finding another community like a long-term care or nursing home when there needs to get to a certain level now that might feel harsh to some out there listening but i want to assure you that sometimes that can be the most gracious thing to do and say. We're in, I'm in the state of Tennessee, 
and our regulations are not completely black and white. There's quite a bit of gray that some people see, but let's just make this um, as basic as possible in regards to how this should work. If an assisted living is saying that they can keep someone there all the way through the process, and they, they're meaning all the way through even getting to bed bound and to passing, then why are there even other buildings like a long-term care center or a nursing home available? Why are those buildings even, why were they created? Because in my mind, this is my little humble opinion on this, is that as a resident starts to have more needs, there is a certain level typically that most assist assisted livings um, will say we, we can't go beyond this. And there's actually some specific types of diagnoses or things that a resident can't have um, to stay in an assisted living. If they have a bed sore that is greater than a stage two, so a three or four, they will not be able to stay in that building long term if that's not healed quickly. So um, that's something to, that's important to know. And again, from my viewpoint, a community should at some point say your loved one deserves more than we can give and ethically they don't feel uh, that it's correct to continue to take your money if they can't meet your loved one's needs. Your loved one deserves that next level of care with more nursing help and uh, more highly trained staff. So the first area was care needs of the residents. So we started to talk about this, but the staff skill level or training is the next area that I want to cover. So in the state of Tennessee where I'm at, there is not a requirement of the caregivers to be certified. So they don't have to be certified nursing assistants in, in assisted living. So that's why it's so important to know that there's going to be proper training and um, ongoing training for the staff in the building, uh, the caregivers. Now, it's a great question to ask them, are your caregivers certified nursing assistants? Because some communities are starting to hire more CNAs um, as their caregivers in the assisted livings. So it's a really important um, question to ask because of course if we're thinking about it if more assisted livings are starting to allow their residents to age further in place with care needs then they really need to know how to properly handle those care needs so please make sure to ask about that um, one last question that I think would be good concerning training and skill level is ask the DON how do you verify that the staff are capable of properly caring for the residents. What I'd hope you hear is that they have an assessment that they do, that they check off their caregiver um, on certain expectations before they allow them to start working with the residents. So you wanna hear something of that nature. Also, the last area that I wanna cover in regards to the components to determine the resident to, to caregiver ratio is do the caregivers also serve the residents in the dining room and act as you know housekeepers within the community so you know are there other tasks 
that are assigned to the caregivers? Or do they have separate departments for each area? So do they have a separate housekeeping department with housekeepers that take care of the deep cleaning of the room? Do they have a full dining department, so servers in the dining room that also, they don't also come out and do care or anything like that. They serve um, the residents. So as you can imagine, if a caregiver is expected to also do housekeeping and um, also serve in the dining room and participate in activities, it's not that they can't do that. It's that the amount of care they can provide to the residents off, you know, obviously is diminished. So very important. Um, sometimes if you hear up front in those first questions that when someone starts to have a greater need physiologically, we do help them transition to a long-term care center, then there might be, uh, it might be okay to have the caregivers doing more within the building because the care needs aren't going to get as high. But again, I hope you can see how there's many more aspects to how a ratio is determined than just them saying, well, we, we take care of 12 residents per caregiver. That If that's that definitive, then that probably means they just have a number that they keep in their head and there's no other factors that are included. So in that community, when those factors come up, then the staff or excuse me, the, the resident might not be getting that high quality care that they could be. So there's one last area, kind of a little extra here. If your loved one is already in a community, there's one other area of consideration. So let's say, let's say the care has been pretty good, everything's been going well, and you start to see the quality of care diminish. Another component to find out if it might be the culprit is, is one area of the building, maybe where your loved one resides, is that area now have several people, several residents that have high care needs and that the building hasn't figured out how to coordinate or shift the responsibilities so that those residents with the high care needs aren't all falling on one caregiver. It's a little trickier to, to handle that because um, maybe the way the building, the layout of the building is, it's harder to have a caregiver come from another area to come over. And then that would also take some time for how far they're walking to come over and help. Um, maybe it's not a big enough area to truly now split it up between two caregivers. It wouldn't necessarily make sense. So there's a lot of co um, components to that even. But that is an area, if you've had a good experience and you're starting to see something change, hopefully you have a good relationship with the director of nursing or even the nurses um, that are on the, uh, the, the unit there. And maybe you can bring that up to them. Hey, you know, I'm seeing some changes and I'm wondering, is it because maybe there's more people that reside right around my mom or dad that are now needing higher care needs? And this great caregiver that's usually awesome just can't keep up with it. Um, it would be good for them to look at that. You might really help that building to move forward and even get better by doing that, uh, by asking that question. I believe these should be uh, utilized by anyone that's listening to this podcast. I believe they will help you in determining 
the likelihood of wanting to have a loved one there, or even if your loved one's there, maybe some of the considerations to, uh, to look at uh, components to be considered in regards to what's going on with care and, and why it's good or why it might be slipping. So thank you for tuning in today. I hope you have a blessed day, and I look forward to uh, joining you on our next podcast. Thank you so much. Take care now.